Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report and this is your host Omar Hyatt. Is China really a threat to quote-unquote rules-based international order or does the West have a hidden agenda behind its rhetoric? I am a die-hard capitalist at heart. I love the concept of free market economy, limited government and a thriving middle class that benefits from a fair and free market. However, lately, if anybody has been paying attention to the news, you'll find that the US and its allies have been using buzzwords like, quote unquote, protection of rules-based international order, at times explicitly and sometimes implicitly to express the quote unquote challenge that a strong China might, pos- might pose to the liberal democracies and their rules-based international order which supposedly has been in place since post-war era and often phrases like these are used in front of the media to convey how it's crucial more than ever before for these countries to work together and face that quote-unquote challenge united. In theory, this sounds like a noble cause for people like me who believe in capitalism because after all, China is governed by a communist regime that allows little to no room for values that these liberal democracies supposedly cherish the most, including free market economy, freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom to peaceful assembly and freedom to practice religion or not. But in reality, most of us know that these liberal democracies have their own issues with the values that they so profess to cherish. For example, United States and its allies have been critical of China's crackdown on freedom of speech, freedom of press and freedom of assembly in Hong Kong, whilst at the same time, Julian Assange, who exposed war crimes committed by some of these so-called liberal democracies, currently languishes in a high-security prison in the UK, and this prison has been known to have hosted terrorists. So a publisher, a journalist who exposed some of these liberal democracies and their war crimes, languishes in a high-security prison while these same countries preach China about freedom of speech, freedom of press, and freedom of assembly. Now, that's a little bit hypocritical. That's a little bit hypocritical, um, but it's true. These countries are preaching China about um, the the sanctity of um, freedom of speech, freedom of press, and freedom of assembly, uh, whilst at the same time persecuting Julian Assange. Also, (laughs) there was this um, recent thing, right? So the U.S., um, again, with with its allies in June of 2021, condemned China's treatment of its Uyghur population in Xinjiang. And one of the signatories to this condemnation was none other than Israel. And it is a widely known fact that there have been several United Nations resolutions passed against Israel for its treatment of Palestinians that have been living under its occupation since 1967. And the other signatory to that condemnation was Canada. And again, if, you, if you've if you been watching news lately, you'll find or you, you must have seen um, that they recently discovered unmarked graves in Canada. And these graves were not graves of adults or 
old people who died. These were unmarked graves of children who allegedly died in the care of Catholic Church and Canadian government. And these were native children who were abducted from their families and forced into these residential schools. So it just shows, like, it just shows that these countries are... Are, are issuing these statements against China. I'm, I'm not saying that China is a role model for human rights, right? That's not what I'm trying to argue here. What I'm, what I'm calling out, though, is these countries like the US, Canada, and Israel, who have their own, um, own history of violating um, people's rights, are criticizing China, and that's that's the argument I'm trying to make. Um, therefore, so when you look at it in broader context, and when you look at how the US, Canada, Israel, and the EU, EU are criticizing China for its um, uh, alleged um, human rights violations, um, a, a reasonable person like me would beg to ask the question, if these countries are not practicing what they preach to China, then why are they preaching or demonizing China from their high and mighty ivory towers for things that they themselves have failed to uphold? This then leads to another question, which is, is there a different agenda perhaps than just to ensuring survival of quote-unquote rules-based international order? Because so far, neither in theory nor in practice has China challenged the rules-based international order which is usually referred to institutions and norms that were established in the aftermath of Second World War. In fact, if anything, China has exploited the very same norms and institutions to propel its astonishing rise. It has utilized bilateral, multilateral free trade agreements to become world's manufacturing hub, whilst maintaining its authoritarian, communist style of government. And even its ambitious um, BRI project, which is the Belt and Road Initiative, is within the norms of established principles of trade and cooperation. Then why is it that all of a sudden we are told that China is a quote-unquote challenge or quote-unquote threat to rules-based international order? Maybe we have to look at this rhetoric of China being an emerging threat to international order from a different angle. Maybe we have to look at this rhetoric from the perspective of crony capitalism, imperialism, and colonialism. Could it be that the West is insecure about not being able to maintain its monopoly over world economy that it once did? In fact, for centuries, using tools like imperialism and colonialism from its toolkit. Could it be that the West is threatened by China because it no longer is the only messiah who would invest in an underdeveloped or developing country's infrastructure projects? Could it be that the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, now has to compete with China in lending money a factor that contributes to this rhetoric. Because in the past, any time IMF lent money to the third world countries, the loans were conditional and the borrowing countries were expected to make internal reforms as set out by the IMF. And now with China as a rival, 
it may perhaps not be able to impose its will so freely on third world countries. If I were to play a devil's advocate here for a moment, there is another angle I would like to explore, which includes China maintaining its autonomy despite the West being its biggest customer. Could it be that the West, after dictating for centuries as to who may or may not rule or govern countries in the global South, is now threatened by the realization that it does not exert such power over China? Or perhaps the fact that the West has no control over which of its most cherished crony capitalists get to do business in China has the West on edge. Because after all, China is home to world's largest population, and that many people in one country would be mouth-watering for many crony capitalists of the West. But as it turns out, Chinese market is heavily regulated, and Chinese Communist Party gets to decide who may or may not do business in their country which is a very unfamiliar concept to the Western imperialism. Because in the past, it could just stage a coup and overthrow democratically elected governments of countries that objected to its crony capitalism. But now, because Chinese Communist Party is so authoritarian in nature, and they supposedly have a very low tolerance to corruption, so the likes of CIA and the likes of MI6 do not get to play that 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 role of um, bribing people to overthrow their governments because that's what they usually do, right? So if CIA doesn't like a regime of a country, what do they do first? They bribe the opposition in that country with money and then through that opposition, they try to overthrow the governing regime, right? That's what they usually do. That's their playbook. But in China, there is only one party. So they only have Chinese Communist Party. And as it turns out, they're not as corrupt um, as some some of the governments in other countries. So CIA cannot and has not been able to deliver its master's China on a platter. So obviously, the the imperialistic forces have failed to destabilize China. They try to do that from time to time. So for example, they talk about Xinjiang, how China is persecuting Uyghurs, or they talk about how China is has been aggressive in South China Sea. And they talk about how China is persecuting, quote unquote, peaceful demonstrators in Hong Kong. Um, but they haven't been able to do much about it because China is a superpower and it has a strong military, it has a strong air force, it has a strong navy, and it has um, demonstrated that. Alternatively, could it be that the West is threatened by China because of cultural and language differences? For centuries, colonized populations learned and in many cases adopted to their colonizers' language and cultural sensibilities, right? Because it was presented to them as a form of enlightenment and at times forced onto them. But with China, despite it going through colonization, 
it maintained its language and unique cultural heritage and identity. And now people in the West are learning Mandarin to be able to do business with China. Could it be that the West is upset about the fact that China, through its rise, challenged the Western stereotypes of Orientalism? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this word correctly. It's Orientalism or Orientalism. I don't know. Orientalism sounds more appropriate. Anyway, I could be just butchering the word. It's spelled O-R-I-E-N-T-A-L-I-S-M. So (laughs) there you go. That's the spelling of the word. Um, I'm not really a scholar. (laughs) So from time to time, I'm just being honest. I struggle with um, pronunciation of certain words or enunciating certain sounds. Um, So that's Orientalism or Orientalism. I don't know. However you want to pronounce it, it's okay by me, so long you understand what I'm trying to convey. And whatever the reasons might be, somehow the rhetoric about China being a quote-unquote challenge to rules-based international order personally doesn't add up for me. Because the very norms and institutions that the West claims to hold such high regard for have been challenged and in some cases weakened over the years by these same Western liberal democracies. Um, They've done so many things, like, for example, US-sanctioned international criminal court. Like, honestly, they try to, like, what else do you call it if not weakening the international justice system. So they talk about so the so not they, we so I'm I'm part of the Western society, I suppose. But we talk about rules-based international order, humanitarian rights and human rights, blah blah blah. We're so good at preaching other countries about these things. But in reality, when you examine ourselves, well, I mean, when we examine ourselves, we'll find that our countries have played a role in undermining the rules-based order. And now China is doing the same. It's not doing anything different to what our countries have done over the years post-Second World War. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant in buying this rhetoric that China is somehow a a challenge to this whole rules-based international order. Now, having said that, I agree that China might very well be persecuting Uyghurs. It may be very well um, undermining human rights of people in Hong Kong. Um, But to me, those violations aren't very different to what happened in Myanmar. So there was this whole genocide that happened in Myanmar. So I don't think China persecuting Uyghurs is any different to Myanmar's military persecuting um, and conducting a genocide against Rohingyas. And Myanmar's military conducting a genocide against Rohingyas, to me, is not different from what happened or what has been happening to people in Palestine. Again, um, to me, China is not a saint. It's not um, a beacon of hope. 
Uh, but at the same time, I refuse to buy into this propaganda that China is a unique quote unquote threat or challenge to the rules based international order. I think China is not doing anything different to what our countries do from time to time.